Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today we talk to Kenny Hayda of alternative blues band Kenny Hayda and the Others. His hobbies are primarily inclusive of finding a nice scenic spot and taking in all that nature has to offer. He started his music career at a young age when he was so undisciplined with a guitar, he had it taken away. Written over quarantine, their debut album Love Deluge focuses on the emotional states of love, both good and bad. What makes music full circle for Kenny is getting to play live, to experience the emotions on stage, and being able to have the crowd relate to the music. Without further ado, Love in a Storm by Kenny Hayda and the Others.
Kenny Hada of Kenny Hada and the others. Uh, thank you for being on with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, like we said earlier, it's going to be pretty casual. We're going to start with just kind of the stuff outside of music and gradually get into that kind of musical sphere of your life. Um, first thing that I think we want to talk a little bit about was you seem to be a fairly active person. Um, fly fishing, mountain biking, and boxing. A lot of uh, very active sports, but all I think very uh, different um, let, let's start with like, I think the most easygoing of them, which is probably, probably fly fishing, right? I'm making an assumption. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it takes time to kind of get in the groove with fly fishing a bit. It, I started fly fishing when I was, when I was very, very young. My father and my uncle, his brother, uh, taught me how to fly fish when I was, I think, my first trip when I was like six years old and so I've just kind of been doing it all my life and it, it can be very difficult even even now there are times where it's just like man this is very difficult then but it's it it's one activity where any issues any troubles any, any stress just melts away because you have to be completely hyper focused on what you're doing and then once you know, like I'm tying a knot or tying a fly together or something like that. And then once you're done with that, you, you know, you have to cast and that takes time to try to perfect, but there's no way to actually perfect the cast. But, um, and, but you're just kind of like in this zone, you're in this out of body experience and you're hopefully in a very beautiful part of the country and hopefully you are able to catch a fish. And it's kind of meditative for me. Yeah. Very much so. What is the difference between fly fishing and like regular fishing? Yeah, great question. So fly fishing is is actually one of the oldest ways of uh, fishing uh, to fish. Uh, I think before that, a lot of uh, most uh, primitive ways using like a little spool or just using a line around your hand and tossing out a hook and then hoping something bites on the other end of it. Um, fly fishing actually uses, um, it, it's a very long pole, usually about nine feet in length, um, and it has a reel that's at the base of, of, the, of the rod and um, of the pole, and it's a very heavy line, and then at the very tip or the very end of that line, you have a very thin and the translucent line, which is called tippet or leader in the tippet. And then you tie an, a fly at the end, something that mimics a fly or a bug or whatever. And you will push, essentially push the line out to uh, what you're aiming at in the water. And then that's, that's pretty much it. That's fly fishing, you know. Whereas, nor, I guess, normal fishing, spinner, spinner rod fishing is you have a spool on the bottom of the rod and you kind of use the momentum of the rod to flick the lure out and, and the school releases the, the line out that way. But uh, I prefer fly fishing. It's more difficult, but uh, it's just like, it's more of a meditative thing for me to do. You know? So you said you said it's kind of like um, hopefully you're in a very nice like scenic place. 
Uh, where do you normally go fly fishing? So my father lives in Oklahoma, um, and uh, his that side of the family is from from Oklahoma, but also from um, North Arkansas, so in the Ozarks. So that's typically where we'll go, or I'll just kind of escape up there um, and just go fish for trout and things like that. So we do fish the streams out there, um, but you can fly fish for you know freshwater. Uh, fish in lakes and things like that. We're actually going to go, my father and I are actually about to go fishing, um, saltwater fly fishing, actually, for uh, redfish, for buckwheel fishing trip right now. So, we're, that's, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> but, yeah. So, you also said that um, mountain biking was something that you were interested in, which I, again... Fly fishing and mountain biking are things that I don't do. So I imagine mountain biking is also something that you'd like to be like a, f- a more fairly scenic kind of area. Yeah. So um, I, I live in Lago Vista, which is outside of um, Austin. It's kind of on Lake Travis area. And there's quite a few trails around here. Um, we're kind of nestled up against uh, Pace Bend Park which has, like, I think, over 12 miles of hiking and biking trails. Um, and I used, to, I used to bike a lot um, when I was a teenager and when I was a kid, uh, actually mountain biking with, with um, an uncle of mine on my mother's side. And, uh, but I finally am able to get a much better bike, and so now I'm trying to, like, kind of re-explore the trails a bit. So I, I'm, I'm not like one of those got crazy guys you see on like the Red Bull uh, videos and they're like jumping off the cliffs and things like that. And they got like the soft tail bikes. No, I'm not, I'm not that crazy. I'm not that, I'm not that good. I just like riding uh, and having fun and, and, uh, and also pulling my son around too. A, <laughs> he loves it too. Now you're not, you're not one of those guys yet. I don't but know like I best of my best of you said you like fly fishing better because it's harder. Maybe maybe you start like pushing yourself to do some wild things on a mountain bike. Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen those videos though? Those like pointed videos where people have like cameras on their helmet of like mountain biking yeah. and they're like going down crazy trails and I that's I feel like oh yeah <laughs> that's. It'd be more, my personal opinion, to have that scenic, like, calm writing kind of uh, view than that, you know, Red Bull-inspired yeah. crazy writing uh, definitely, experience. Definitely. Yeah, I, I would like to, I know, I, I haven't uh, ridden any trails in, like, Arkansas, but I have seen a lot of pamphlets and things like that about the trail systems in, like, the Fayetteville area and things like that, which look really awesome and so I'd, I'd kind of like to maybe go out there and, and ride around but, yeah <laughs> outside of like arkansas maybe do you have anywhere else that you'd want to go visit like for either fly fishing or mountain biking or just to be scenic like you seem like someone who likes nature you know yeah yeah my uh my wife and i we, we really enjoy getting outdoors um and enjoying different types of photography and sceneries and things like that we i we so 
we had some family that lived out in uh, the in Oregon, um, and so in the Sun River area, and that was the first time that I had experienced um, fly fishing in in Oregon. Um, that was that was really amazing. And that's beautiful. And it's very very beautiful, very picturesque. Um, you know, anywhere in the Pacific Northwest is it's beautiful. It's golden. You know, it's very uh, very scenery heavy. <laughs> yeah. Now. The, the other active uh, hobby that you, you said you had was boxing. And I think that is like <laughs> on such a different end of like the activity spectrum. So like, how did you get interested in that? Man. Um, so I've never really been a confrontational kind of person or I, I, I maybe I've had, I don't know, like, I think it came about in a way where it was more of like, I never had that personality to like want the box, but it kind of came out of a necessity for fitness. And I, I, I found it really exciting and I found it pretty easy. You know, I, I'm somewhat of an athletic person and, um, and boxing just kind of came natural. I had a trainer and uh, a fitness trainer and was just trying to help me kind of uh, get back into some, uh, some healthy habits. And um, you know, this was, uh, I think I was like 26 at the time. And it's like really wanting to just kind of get, start, start a healthier lifestyle. But, and uh, I just kind of fell in love with it, you know. It, it's it's a it's a different discipline altogether. Any kind of martial arts requires a different mindset and a different discipline. And uh, uh, traditional boxing is definitely something that uh, I enjoyed. And I've tried seeing other different martial art uh, martial arts like uh, Muay Thai um, and even a little bit of Taekwondo. But just traditional boxing kind of seems to be. What I enjoy the most, simply because I can do it at home much easier, and I don't have to buy a lot of stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pads or stuff like that. I can just hang a hang a big bag out or whatever. Yeah, you don't have to buy shin guards so you don't break your your legs, which is great. It's a fantastic yeah, exactly. thing. Um, I don't have to I don't have to find tires and like, yeah. stack them up, and then <laughs> like, those guys are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But there really is like a rhythm to boxing. Like, did your experience with music kind of go hand in hand when you were kind of learning that skill and skill set? Yeah, that's a great that's a great observation because yes, absolutely. Like, uh, especially with like doing some speed bag work and things like that. It's 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 kind of like a very fast triplet feel, um, or or like in percussion, you know, it's very percussive. If you do, you do like. A, Double strokes, and then you have to get the coordination with one hand to the other hand, and then how you turn your fist, how you use your left hand and your right, but then also your footwork, and so it's like dancing while you're playing drums, kind of thing. If you think of that, that kind of you have that kind of mindset of it. Which, yeah, I was totally in that in that mindset, and I'm not I'm not anywhere like a near professional level where I can just like get the speed back going like that, but when you get it just right, it's like, oh, this is starting to become music. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. You're going to sample some speed bags in the next. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, 
We're in music. Uh, how did you how did you get started with that? Like, where was your start in music? Uh, so I, I got started. I've always loved music, but um, so I think music really struck a chord with me on these long road trips that I would have with my father and just kind of my my, my folks split up when I was really young, and so uh, we'd drive across Texas, across Oklahoma. And my dad would always be playing classic rock in the, in, in the vehicle. And, and I always loved Boston, you know, and I loved Fleetwood Mac, a lot of classic rock songs, and um, uh, Foreigner. And it was just kind of like those sounds, and Santana, especially Santana, like, when those songs would come on, those guitar sounds would come on, I, I, it just it, it, it did something for me. Where I was like, man, I want to make those crazy, weird sounds, especially when uh, More Than a Feeling came on. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love that guitar solo or whatever. Uh, but I was like six, seven years old, and I was already like intrigued with those sounds uh, until finally I got a guitar when I was, uh, I think, nine. And took some lessons and I was just all about making these crazy wild noises and I didn't really want to, I didn't have the discipline to actually sit there and learn scales or, or chords. Um, but that, that really was kind of like the catalyst, you know, just sitting in the vehicle for these long hours, drives and just kind of just taking in all this music that, was very new to me. You know, now it's like, oh, okay, yeah. We, we all know those songs. We all know those bands. But back then, it was like, man, this is revolutionary for a young mind. You know, and it's like, and even to this day, people love it. And it's it, there's a reason why those classics are classics. You know, they stay with us. You know, so uh, and it just it just stuck with me. Like, and that, that got me really into music as as a whole. You know, not just guitar. So tell us a little bit about how you came to where you are now. So like before Kenny Hayda and the others, like what was your musical journey? Like you got that guitar, you weren't disciplined, you were making noises. What happens after that? Um, well, a lot of, a lot of family reunions. Uh, my, I realized that I had some cousins that were also learning how to play guitar one of them was younger, about a year and a half younger than I was, and he was much better. And so every year we'd, we'd come back and we said, well, how, how much have you learned? How much have you progressed? Who are you listening to? And so it's like, we did that all the way until we were about 18 years old, and we started playing together, and we realized that it wasn't about one of us being better than the other one. It was about, man, you're really sticking to like this prog metal shred Yngwie Malmsteen kind of stuff and I'm kind of going into like this blues, jazz, funk, soul, rock and roll stuff but yet you know I'm not better than you but you're not better than me like we're just we're just playing and it was like we had this healthy competition growing up and um, our families really really enjoyed seeing that over the years. I enjoyed it too because it was like I actually had my guitar taken away from me uh, when I was when I was very young, because I wasn't disciplined, and 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 I just wanted to play Nintendo, and my mom was like, "Nope, all right, we just wasted money," and and then going to this family reunion, that's what sparked it all. That you know, this competition is like, 
wait, he's younger than me. He's playing. The, he's making those sounds. Oh man, we're getting Nintendo. I gotta play guitar. Like, and that, that's that's really what it was. <laughs> so, um, but then as I got older, um, you know, jazz and blues really kind of became like this this new this new mysterious sound for, for playing guitar and uh, and I, I I especially with jazz I, I really felt like if I if I was going to be a serious guitar player I needed to learn I needed to learn how to play some jazz I needed to understand jazz theory at least a little bit and uh, long story short you know um, Austin at that time for me was not the place for me to learn. Uh, I actually had to go up to, uh, up to Denton, Texas uh, at, at UMT and um, joined a band up there and and my good friend <laughs> told me, it was like one of our first, one of our first rehearsals, the first jammy sessions we had, uh, we were playing one of my songs and he, after we were done, he's like, he straight up told me, he's like, I think you ought to go back and uh, go to the woodshed a little bit and kind of practice a little bit more. Man. And I was like, all right, well, that's that's what I need. That's the motivation I need, you know. And that was that was brutal, but it was honest, and I appreciated that. And uh, his name was Dave, and that was the he he was really he was really the one driving force that pushed me to be a much broader have a much broader vocabulary musically um, uh, to try to learn how to play outside of my comfort zone, try to write you know, outside of my comfort zone. Um, and, uh, and I definitely got an education musically up, in, up at UNT and, of course, outside of uh, UNT as well. Um, I, didn't go to the, I didn't go to the jazz school, um, but I was friends with everybody that was in jazz studies. Uh, and uh, and then, so moving back down to Austin, um, you know, I've met up with... No, now my bass player, uh, Makaya Navarrete, uh, Jim Briggs, Brett Belcher, and many others, uh, we, you know, we, we've formed a band, and now it's like this, we have this kind of cohesive gel that really works well, where all of those influences, everything that we've learned individually, we've all kind of grown up and matured in a way to where our art is more about uh, contributing to another person's art, rather than our art is about um, just a sole expression of one's self. Or it's more so about what can we contribute to making a, a product, a thing. Maybe not a product, but an actual piece of art. Uh, art for art's sake, if you will. And it's like, that's, that takes a lot of maturity. You know, that takes a lot of, um, you know, you, you've had to, you've got to be a pretty seasoned musician, pre-season person to, uh, to be able to do that. You know, a lot of people just want to show how good they are. And that's totally fine. I was definitely one of those uh, types of musicians, you know. Um, and, uh, but now it's like, I, I, I personally try to now, in, where I'm at in my career, I, I try to show not so much what I know or what I can do, but what I'm what I'm feeling and how that meshes with the people that I, I choose to collaborate with. And I think it works well. I think our, our, our record, um, 
works really well. Um, and, uh, you know, Makaya and myself, we, we really worked a lot on uh, trying to perfect those songs as much as they could uh, from, from uh, the most recent record. So, yeah. That's like a really interesting uh, way to think about like making music is kind of what can you add to someone else's. Um, how do you how do you sort of go about that in terms of like writing and just the process of making this music? Like, is it a conversation or is it just kind of jam sessions and you start to feel things out? Like, how do you start to contribute to one another? Well, a lot of this a lot of this last record, I'd say the majority of it was uh, written mostly by myself um, over the course of the year 2020, first year pandemic. However, um, there are a couple of songs like uh, Love in a Storm, for instance, and we, we, we had, uh, I, I, should, I should mention this, but uh, Brandon Custer, who uh, was gracious enough to, to kind of help kickstart all of this and the writing sessions and actually recorded drums on the, on the record. Um, he, he's, uh, he actually plays for Aaron Stevens, but we, we've been dear friends and he was actually gracious enough to kind of uh, play and record with, with, with me. But um, we, uh, I already had the ideas from, you know, the time when we were in quarantine, um, but I wasn't really able to flesh anything out. And so, I think where we are now is really, I kind of come up with like these riff ideas, these melodic ideas, a general idea, uh, bring it to a rehearsal time, and maybe we'll just jam on it. Or if it's something that I really have in my head, I'll say, okay, it's, I want you to do this, I want to do this, and I'll be more directive with it. Then there are other times where it's like nobody's saying anything and somebody just starts playing. And it's very spontaneous. It's a spontaneous creation. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but uh, I know Brett, who's now our, uh, our drummer, uh, Brett Belcher and uh, Makai and myself, we, we had a little jam session here at my place. And I just started playing two chords, and then we all just kind of jammed on something. And it was very spontaneous. And then we just kind of kept honing it, and we recorded it. And it's like this little idea, and so it's it's just kind of slowly blossoming into something that would eventually, hopefully, will become a song, and hopefully, we'll be able to let you guys check it out. But that's kind of it's kind of the process. It's a very open process, but it's it's um, uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's one that works for me, but I'm not solely closed off to only that working. So tell us a little bit about Love Deluge, your your debut album. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and kind of maybe some of like the themes or the thoughts that went into making this record. Yeah, uh, Love Deluge is, um, I wouldn't say it, it's not a concept album, but it definitely deals with a lot of emotional vicissitudes that we all kind of started dealing with during the year 2020, especially with a lot of uncertainty as far as, you know, the virus was concerned and things like that. But also, um, in March 2020, right when everything was shutting down, uh, my wife went into labor, or, you know, we had our son, and we, uh, 
so that was like a whole another <laughs> crazy thing where it's like okay now what <laughs> you know um so you have like these two momentous occasions where one is really supposed to be the main thing being our son being born the uh second you know it's kind of like this tremendous downer it's like great you know i can't you can't celebrate really you know what's going on you know but so there was a lot of emotional ups and downs. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of anxiety, a ton of anxiety. And I think, and I'll be honest, there was a lot of anger too. I was, I was angry a lot of the times. And um, uh, to the point where it's like, I don't, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but it's like, you get so angry sometimes where you just know you need help. You need to talk to somebody, you know, and writing isn't necessarily good you're kind of exhausting all of these healthy coping mechanisms and skills and it's not uh, it's not working you know and i think I, th I think i'm not alone in those feelings and in that experience and um i tried i tried to express that you know I don't, well, maybe I'm not sure if I consciously tried to express it. I think it just came out naturally because that's what I was feeling. Um, but I think, you know, if someone is going now, if they listen, they are feeling like, you know, they're kind of in that emotional state. I think they can kind of relate to that, you know, uh, to some of those feelings. Like a song like Hair Trigger, that it kind of exemplifies that emotion. Um, but then there's the other extreme of that spectrum of like complete elation and happiness and joy and love. And, and there's the, 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 the crazy falling in, falling in love, new love feeling, you know, and there's a lot of that too in, in the record. Um, you know, like the last, the last song, never say never. You know, that's, that's, that's the first and only love song I've really written and that I'm truly proud of. Uh, that is, and that's dedicated to my wife, you know, and that's, uh, that was just something that was just a, a feeling that was just overwhelming, and I had to do something about that, and I wanted to give that gift to her. Um, and then there's, you know, just some fun, funky stuff, like Moonwalk or whatever, and it just kind of deals with, like, past, past ideas, past failed relationships or whatever, but it's all kind of it all, it, it all stems from the idea of love and the theme of love. And love is, uh, you know, love, love is, is crazy. It's, it's, it's got its high points and it's got its very low points too. And so I just tried to capture that one particular theme uh, in this record and uh, lyrically. And that's kind of, that's what I sought to do. And I, I, think, I think I did that. I think, we, I think we all as a band were able to capture that sonically, and I think we uh, express that to the best of our abilities when we play live as well, play these songs live. Yeah, I think, like, the emotion in uh, this record is absolutely clear. Like, it's there. There's, like, a lot of emotion in it. <laughs> um, and you, you, like, literally just talked about, like, being able to play that live, too, and tell us a little bit about how it feels to be able to play that live, like with all that emotion and having all of those people with you to experience that. Uh, we had a show at Saxon Pub um, back in April, and it's the first time I've ever played uh, the Saxon Pub. And I was 
very nervous, very excited. Um, love playing there. Love, love. I've always loved the venue. I've always loved the crowd and the and the, and the environment. But there was one particular song that we were playing, and it was called it's called uh, Hollow Swallow, and it's got that big solo at the end. And and that that particular song deals with an old breakup that I that I had that I was going through. But more importantly, the song uh, is 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 more so a um, it, it's it's more of a uh, an outreach to people dealing with depression. And that's how I characterize it now. It was basically me writing to myself during that time. And I was, I was, when I was writing that song, writing those lyrics, I was really into uh, Alan Watts and uh, his book, The Watercourse Way. And he was describing how, you know, grass doesn't necessarily need to do anything. It would just, it, it, it can still do nothing, and yet it's doing something. It's going, right? And so I kind of took that concept in that song and applied it to moving on from something that was toxic, a toxic relationship or something like that. And when I was playing the solo at the Saxon, I kind of got hit with like this elation that I'm like, look, look, look where you are right now. You're playing to a crowd of people, you have your loved ones in, in the audience, you have your best friends on stage with you, you're playing, as, you're playing your heart out, you're loud, it's fun, um, and you're playing a song that you thought really nobody would be able to hear. I honestly felt that. Um, and so when I started playing that song, I started crying on stage. And... I've only told I've only told my wife this, but because uh, I kind of I kind of hit it <laughs> well on stage. But I was just like I started crying. I got so emotional. I got started getting choked up because it was it was it was the most beautiful feeling. It was kind of like a full circle. It was it was like this full circle emotion. Like ah, here we go. Like you're you're, you're doing it. You're playing what you want to play. It's about a very important topic. Um, hopefully it's something that people can relate to, but more importantly, it's something that you have gone through. It's your own lived experience, and now you're able to express it, and you're doing it in the best of your abilities. And that was very emotional for me. So that is just one snapshot of how elated you know, one can feel when you're playing what is most important to you. you know? And then there are other times where just, you know, all four of us are just giddy on stage. We're just, like, laughing at each other, you know, and we're just having fun. Like, damn, that was good. Like, you, you did that? All right, man. Or, you know, I'll turn around. It's like, man, that was a great fill on the drums, you know, right? And it's just like, you know, we're just, we're just hitting or we're just really loud and, you know, we're just cranking it up. It's fun, you know. It's, it's, it's just, you know, music is emotional. Music is about just having fun. That's what that's what we try to do. So yeah, we were just talking a little bit about like your live music and how you get to experience that. Um, tell us a little bit about what you have planned next. Um, are you writing any more music? Are we just looking forward to playing more shows? Like, what can we expect from Kenny Hayda and the others? 
definitely playing more shows. Um, so we do have uh, uh, we have a show coming up August 13th up in Georgetown at uh, Ants and Barrels, Barrels and Ants, excuse me. Um, but uh, I am writing more music. I do have other ideas um, uh, besides the ones that we have uh, kind of been jamming on together as a group. Um, I, I definitely have uh, some new ideas that uh, really would like to get fleshed out and just kind of get some demos going and uh, you know, maybe start introducing those at shows and see how, how um, crowds and audiences uh, respond to them. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the engine's still going. It never stops. It's just always, it's always going. So, um, yeah, we're, we're always playing. And when we're not playing in this particular group, uh, you know, we'll, we, we're all different session musicians as well. So, you know, sometimes we play in studios for other gigs or we'll play and help out other bands as well, you know, which just kind of keeps us, keeps our, uh, our skills sharp, I guess. But, uh, I think yeah. that kind of adds a little bit too to what you were talking about earlier. You know, you're collaborating, you're adding what you can to another musician's uh, art. You know, so I think that's a it's a, a cool way to to keep that going as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Sydney, do you have any other questions? So, where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? Ah, so we have a website. It's khtomusic.com uh, if you want to go there that basically has um, a whole Spotify discography on there um, we also have an uh, Instagram account which is Ken, if you just type in or Google Kenny Hayden and the others Instagram our profile pops up there uh, if you just type in Kenny Hayden on Instagram I pop up my personal and the band's uh, uh, profile comes up Instagram, I'm sorry, I just said Instagram, uh, Facebook as well, um, and uh, yeah, so Spotify, Apple Music, um, any platform, Bandcamp as well, any platform, you can find our music, you can find our um, live photos, you can find merch, um, you know, anything that you're, that you want from us, we'll provide it, we got it. You know, if it's in our means, we can do it. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's all there. Uh, but mainly the website, khtomusic.com. That's kind of like the main central hub. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep that updated as, as frequently as possible. Uh, that and Instagram, Twitter as well. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with social. But it's, it's all connected. So if I update one, the others get updated. So, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so uh, check us out. We're there. Everything's there. So, cool. That's great. All right. Well, um, once again, Kenny Hayda, thank you so much for being on with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much.